Welcome to Jewish Boy Calls His Mother. I'm your host, Sadia, and this is my mother, Ima. Hey, Ima. Hey, how are you doing, my little sweetness? I'm doing great, doing great. Um, I was listening to the radio station uh, the other day, and they had an interesting topic that I think we can uh, expound on. Uh, mm -hmm. Words that your parents said to you that affected you. So <laughs> I, I can go first. I have a funny story. Yeah. Um, I used to it visit. Make, it better make me look good. Oh no, it's not about you. It's about Tati. Okay. Um, don't talk was, about the dead. They might come back to haunt you. That's fine. I don't mind the, the visitation. <laughs> um, so I was. I, I remember I was in fifth grade, and I just started meeting up with this new kid. Not new kid, but like I just started making friends with this with this guy. And it was every Shabbos I was coming over his house, and and every Shabbos I'd go to his house. Then at one point, before I went over to his house, my Tati came up to me and said, remember, Sadia, you don't want to wear out your welcome. And, <laughs> and, and ever since, and, and after that, like, I kind of just, it stuck with me where I'm like, I, I, I guess I shouldn't show up to his house. So I kind of like slowly stopped uh -huh. hanging out with him and stopped, you know, going over to his house. But that was just a funny story that, like, I thought that would be a little thing to it, it, talk about. It's, in, it's interesting how, um, like, little things that people can say, teeny little things, innocent little things can, um, you know, can affect us in ways that we're sometimes not even aware of. Um, you know, like, um, let's say, like, a boy and girl are dating. We hear this all the time. And we've all been through this where we think this person is really great and we're having a great time with them and we love dating them and going out with them. And all it takes is one troublemaker to point out something um, about that person. Maybe his ears are big or his nose is big or, or whatever, or, you know, something a little bit stupid. And for some reason we pick up on that germ and mm -hmm. it like totally turns little us off earworm. this individual. Little earworm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh my yep, gosh. Yep, yep. So what so what about anything that your parents like said, like just out of like a little piece of advice or maybe like something that like you know they said in passing that you that stuck with you forever? Uh all I know is that I was raised on a steady diet of you're no good, you're never gonna be any good. Okay, but can you think of anything <laughs> specific? Mm. That was pretty specific. Yeah. <laughs> wait, 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 yeah. Wait. Of course, of course, when I got when I got older, I answered my mother back by telling her, "Well, thank God, in such a changing world, some things will stay the same." Oh, okay. Um, with it, with I guess uh, on, a, on a different topic, switching topics. What kind yeah. of useless? I want to talk about. I want to talk about the hard time I'm having with the computer, like computer and taxes, computer technology and taxes, and Pesach cleaning. How they both hit at the same time. Oh yes, oh yes. It just it sounds very very stressful. Yeah, yeah, well, I got well, you know me with my computer acumen. I mean, I'm you know the, among the technologically challenged, and so our computer, you know, was horrible to deal with, it was totally on the blink. And so I took it um, and had it fixed, it's all fixed. And so I picture myself, okay, this is going to be easy. I'm going to sit down, I'm going to press my you know, my icon for my email, it should go right to my email, and then I can download these documents that I have to document and uh, you know, download them and print them out, and, you know, the PDFs and all that. And yeah. just 
put them in the mail, send them to the tax preparer, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wrong. We know this thing can't go too quick. We know, I, my schnamazel, that when it comes to technology, these things can never just go easy for me. I press the icon and I get this pop-up. I am not connected to the internet. What do you mean I'm not connected to the internet? So it says, check your plugs. I check all my plugs. Everything's plugged in. So it said, what do you want as your default browser? So I press my, what I, I don't even know what that means, but I pressed, you know, Google Chrome, whatever. And it said, um, again, it said that um, I had to do something to set up and sign in. I don't know how to sign into this thing. Okay. All right. That's so, nice. then, so, so besides, but what I can get over is on one hand, we're doing PASAC cleaning. We're cleaning out our cabinets and the federal government is cleaning us out. Uh, are you turning your house into a spaceship? <laughs> what's that? It's where you, what's, you what's wrap that? the entire the house in, kit, in, in tinfoil. No, I don't. I don't do that anymore. I haven't. I haven't oh, done wow. that since we since we moved from Baltimore. <laughs> no, what are you talking about? I was I was by Pesach, I think last year. I saw everything uh-huh. aluminum foil. Well, I. This time, what I did was instead of doing the walls, <laughs> yeah, which is what we used to do in our kitchen. Oh my gosh! Like you said, a spaceship. Um, spaceship. I just, I just, I just wiped down the walls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I wiped down the um, uh, the granite, you know, the um, countertops, and also we have the um, we have those tiles that are behind all our cooking areas. Mm-hmm. I wiped down those tiles. Uh, what I did was I co- I um, put hot water over the, you know, countertops. And um, you take an iron, if you put the hot water in the countertops and you iron them down, the granite. And then um, I just put um, silver foil over the countertops. And um, then I take, uh, you know, those disposable tablecloths that people use uh, to cover their tables on Shabbos and Yanta. And I put a series of those down all over the countertops. But now the stoves, we have, we always had um, a gas stove. Actually, yeah. it's, it's interesting. Our observance of Pesach had a whole evolution. Like when oh, your yeah. father and I first got married, he would not permit me to use the ovens or the stovetops. Even, even though you could caution them, he didn't hold by that. So we had all these electronic gizmos that after a year or two would burn out and we'd have to buy new ones. Well, finally, your father came to the point where he realized, hey, we can kosher our ovens, we can kosher our stovetops if they're gas, just, you know, clean the top really well and cover it with aluminum foil and just burn, just run the, um, you know, set, put the fires on and have the fires, you know, just um, burning the, uh, what, what is that, the, um, the part that goes over the fire where you put the pot on top of it. Grill, grill. The blech? You say the blech, no, right? Not the blech, no. It's the parts of the stovetops that go over the fire. They're, they're iron. They go over the fire, and then you put your pots on top of them. Oh, yeah. That's what like they're a, called. That, that's like a grill. That's, that's grill, grill, a grill. Yeah. I think a grill. I think a grill. But, anyway, so, um, so all you have to do is you just put those like, um, and like in a, you just kosher parts of those one after the other by putting them on the fire and then your stovetop is kosher. So your father finally came to that point where we did that. 
And then he yeah. also came to the point where your father were first married where he would not hold by using sugar. Well, oh, it's and processed, then, that's why? Yeah. And then eventually he changed so that we eventually decided to start using sugar on Pesach, you know, Pesach sugar. Well, we moved here to Florida and our stovetops, everything's electric in the community where we live now. So I, you know, I, um, of course I capture the ovens by putting it on um, the clean cycle for four hours and the tops, you just have to turn on the burners now and make sure, make sure your glass top is clean very, very well. Yeah. Now, one of our friends, when he first moved to Florida, didn't know that you don't put aluminum foil on top of a glass stovetop where you have electric or it's going to cause the glass stovetop to shatter. Oh, God. And that's exactly what he did. Oh, jeez. So I'm glad I found out about that in time before I did that. But um, someone told me even with koshering the burners, like turning them up to the highest temperature, yeah. you should still put a quarter on every um, how can I, on every burner on top of the, on top of each burner. So it doesn't rest so exactly the, on it. Right, exactly. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. So that takes a balancing act. Did did <laughs> uh, <laughs> bumps. Did your parents do anything for Pesach? Uh, my mother changed dishes. My mother, um, of course, wiped down the kitchen. Um, uh, she, yeah, she kept Pesach. She kept Pesach and um, got rid of all the chametz in the house. And uh, you know, what, what but she used matzah. We don't we don't get brux, of course. In Chabad, we don't get brux. Yes, yes. But of course, she being she she get bruxed. I mean, she you know she's matzah meal and everything. I remember these. Uh, we called them the bulkis. Bulkis are like rolls that my bubby used to make using matzo meal. Ah. They tasted horrible, but you know something, it was almost the only game in town if you were hungry. Exactly. Is, it's interesting what happens Pesach with our taste buds. For some reason, our taste buds change on Pesach. Yeah. And we're, it's like we are happier with God's simple food on Pesach. Like, you know, the uh, potato starch cakes. Oh my gosh, Stuff yeah. like that, yeah. But if, the funny thing is, if you were to, if, if somebody were to give you this same food, like a potato starch cake, any other time of the year, you would go, you got to be kidding me. So out of curiosity, did your, as a kid, do you have any like fond memories of Pesach of what you would do at the Seder and things like that? Yes, as a matter of fact, I do. I remember when I was very little and my Zadie was still living. This is when, my Zadie died when I was eight years old. Uh -huh. uh, but when I was very, very little, I remember the whole family getting together. I mean, the entire family getting together for the Sidorim. I remember, though, they had a kid's table. And, you know, uh, it's, in a way, it really wasn't, it really wasn't smarter than to have a kid's table. It really wasn't because we, I didn't really feel included in the Seder. And mm. they would, they would do, they would read the Haggadah up to the shulchanach and up to the meal and then that was it then they would have the meal and that would be it and the stuff that came afterwards like like what we do now as more educated jews the hallel and the you know and um the you know the songs at the end oh we never did that maybe we sang diana but that was about it 
And then after my Zadie passed away, uh, for some reason, the family stopped getting together like they used to. Mm. And um, I remember my father, um, he said when he, he said his, his father, his parents weren't particularly religious and he never remembered his, he remembers his father trying to make a Seder once. And my father said that he and his brother, of course, being children started, you know, fooling around and his father just gave up and never tried again. So my father said that um, now that the family, the family kind of stopped getting together and um, my father decided that he's going to, he's going to make a Seder. And he used our, um, he used our Haggadahs that we got in Hebrew school was um, anyone who went to Bet the Philly Hebrew School during the 50s and 60s remembers the, this it was really good. This children's Haggadah, very, very big print. It was red and yellow. Yes, I got that as a kid as yeah. well. Yeah, I liked it. I liked that very much. And it was, everything was spelled out very, very clearly. Mm-hmm. And I remember my father putting the Seder together and he really kept our attention. He joked around and we were, I am sitting there laughing and he, he really did a great job. Um, like he said, he, so he would open up the Haggadah and he would say, okay, he said, break the middle matzah and he'd do a karate chop, you know, <laughs> okay, the middle matzah is broken. Show it to the company. He picks it up and he like, you know, puts it under our nose, like you know, waves it around, waves it around the table. Goes now hide the middle. Yeah, I put it in the, you know, put it back in the, you know, put it, the, put it here, and um, he would, um, and we went through it. But the the interesting thing was the same thing though, was that we also didn't do the entire seder. We did up to uh, the meal, and then had the meal, and after the meal, that was it, pretty much. Yeah. And it wasn't until um, I became religious that I actually was totally acquainted with what an entire seder was about of actually reading through everything and doing and doing the whole the Haggadah. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's funny because I remember as a kid, I enjoyed, you know, <laughs> it was always uncomfortable, but we would have the couches and 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 comfy chairs at, at the table. And it was, and I would sit down and the table would reach my, it would be at my eyes. And I couldn't properly sit and when I would lean like the grape juice would spill all over me and I'd just be wet and sticky and trying to do everything <laughs> and then by the time it was even like barely the meal I was exhausted I would just crack out and go to sleep on the couch I know <laughs> well when your brothers and sisters were babies and you were a baby I remember many times having to just you know leave the table to go to take you upstairs or take one of the, you know whoever was the then baby upstairs and take care of the baby and um come back down to the seder and pick up the Haggadah and try as best as i could just to race through it in english to try to catch up yeah so what about did you guys do the afikoman then okay i like the way my father did the afikoman okay the way that my father a lot of people the so-called well chabad never did it this way but a lot different of people different the, people yeah have the custom of the kids actually clandestinely stealing the afikoman and then hiding it somewhere and then not giving it back till they're promised uh, a gift of some yeah. sort. Um, my parents never did it that way. The way that my father did it was like playing a game of hide and go seek. We would hide our eyes 
And my father would take the afikoman and he would hide it someplace in the house. And after he had, he would come back and say, okay, you know, time to find, you know, now you can go find it. And we all would go all over the house and uh, till we found the afi, you know, found the afikoman. Now, what usually happened by your father was oh, yeah. he would, same thing, he would hide the afikoman. And by the time it was time to eat the afikoman, we were totally exhausted. Oh. And your father, for, it was kind of like, uh, we kind of forgot where it was. Oh, yeah. Oh, well. So or sometimes we the, just, yeah. I, I would say sometimes the kids would hide it. I know. Is I know the way, it, yeah. the way it would work when I was growing up uh-huh. is I think the older siblings would hide the afikoman and we'd look for it. I think one year it was my turn to hide the afikoman and I hid the afikoman underneath your pillow in your bed <laughs> and no one knew where it was and I and I forgot to tell you I don't know what happened whatever it was and you went to go to sleep and you heard a crunch you're like oh found the afikoman <laughs> well I remember there were some years where we found the afikoman a year later cleaning for Pesach oh god well it's funny it's funny because like there there of course is like panic to find matzah like that's the biggest thing heir of Pesach finding matzah and uh ruthie and i had that panic like i think last year and then what happened was was we got a lot of free matzah afterwards and it was good high quality shmura matzah and the kicker is is that it's they're in aluminum sealed containers so they're staying fresh i i just opened up one like recently and it uh-huh. tasted fresh like like as if you just took it out, out of the oven oh my gosh where where did you get where did you get them that had aluminum containers i i, They're I got called bashmira samatsa kapiot matzah no mapiot no sorry mapiot matzah shmorav avodas yad i think that's that uh-huh. that's just the, the quality but that's that's the title of the of the shmor matzah this is a high quality shmor matzah but like we got a bunch of free tons of them and i and i have like tons of them like in, in like being preserved right now and i'm going to use it uh-huh. probably this year if not next year like whatever like this stuff lasts forever uh-huh you know and i've That's- been going through my cabinets and i have like four boxes of shmura matzah that never i don't know used. how old it is but it's never use it. never used use it and that's what i'm gonna do i'm going i know i'm gonna bring it over to i'm just gonna take all four boxes and just bring it right over to the seder yeah and i'll say here everybody you know yeah, chow down. Enjoy. Those, those who are hungry, come and eat. If you can bite into the thing. I mean, it's probably as hard as a rock now. If they're thin, if they're thin, it's fine. But once they're mm-hmm. thick, that could be an issue. Uh-huh. The thick ones are the problem. This is thick, thin matzo. It tastes like really, really good. So uh, before we head off, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. What is your useless talent? <laughs> That's hysterical. Where do you get these questions? I, I, it's the top of my head. No, that's not true. You're lying. Where do you get these questions? Come on. I can't, if, I give off my, if I give over my sources, I can't, you know. <laughs> you don't have any sources. What do you look them up on the internet? Useless Whatever. questions? I got to hear about that. Quit avoiding, quit avoiding the question. Give me an answer. Useless talent? Yeah. Nobody has a useless talent. Like, I could do All silly voices. Ta- all of our talents are God given to us for a reason. So what just, is your useless talent, uh-huh. Ima? 
There is no useless talent. There's no such thing as a useless talent. Okay, I'll wait for you to get off that soapbox of yours and answer. There is no such thing as a useless talent. What useless right. woman? I, I asked mean, you. <laughs> leave my cousin out of this. <laughs> I asked you a um, question. Useless talent. Useless talent. Useless talent. What can I, what can I do? Useless talent. Useless talent. I'm trying to think. Useless talent. Do, 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 do. A useless talent. I can't think of any. <laughs> I can't think can, of any. Like, can you do um, like impressions? Can you do, you know, uh, uh, a thing that you can do with your fingers? I don't know. I'm just, I'm, pull, I'm spitballing here. Yeah, I can make spitballs. Yeah. Useless talent. I used to be able to make a really high pitched, like, mouse sound with my voice. I don't know if I can do it anymore. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Oh, wow. That, that's perfect. That is perfect. Mm -hmm. Wonderful, useless talent. Thank you <laughs> so much, Ima. I appreciate it. And thank you listeners for understanding and listening to my, me and my mother's rebels. All right. I love you, Ima. Have a good Shabbos. Love you, honey. Have a great Shabbos. Love you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. You can find us on YouTube and Facebook at Jewish Boy Calls His Mother. I know you would like it, and my mother would too.